Hi, and welcome to 22, a podcast surrounding your birth into adulthood and all of the life experiences and responsibilities that come with it. I am your host, Maya, and today I want to talk about education or the intelligence portion of your post-grad experience. Um, Since I graduated two years ago, I have felt the slight decline of my overall intelligence. I've always been particularly good at math and English while in school, and feel like I currently struggle to do the basics of both. Um, In addition, I find myself struggling to think of words that are literally on the tip of my tongue on a daily basis, um, sometimes more than once a day. In addition, I commonly mess up basic times tables, um, and it takes me a minute to subtract certain numbers. So um, I feel like I'm overall getting dumber the further I move away from my years in schooling. I thought this was something that just I was struggling with until I brought it up to a couple of my friends um, who kind of shared the same sentiment. It's almost like the continual learning that we were doing in school kept our minds sharp, you know, like who would have thought? But now that we are post high school, post college, it's so important to continue learning, knowing how we operate in a learning environment and challenging our minds despite it not being planned for us every day anymore. This may sound a little weird or off-putting, but I finally kind of understand the concept behind the TV show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Um, This is a show that I think I watched all of fourth, fifth, and sixth grade with my mom. And I would just go back and and try to answer the questions um, and, and at a faster pace than a lot of the adults. And it was fun for me at the time I never really fully understood the concept, given that adults have all this experience and a lot of them go to secondary education and and have additional learning opportunities. Um, So I didn't really understand how these 10 year olds were beating them out at questions in regards to things like geography, like where states are or what the capital of a certain place is, as well as math. Um, That really just kind of took me aback and and had me questioning a lot of the things that adults were going through. But now that I'm an adult and I'm in my 20s, I'm kind of understanding that being engulfed in your education, even at 10 years old, gives your brain that extra advantage. And in all honesty, I don't know if I'd want to be on that show today. I feel like I really just might lose. Being in school every year for 12 to 16 to 18, 20, whatever, how long you are in school for. So being in school for that long um, and kind of straight really sets us up to be fine tuned in a certain manner. We're almost conditioned to know how to retain and regurgitate information, memorize formulas and interpret all of the metaphors in the English language. But all of a sudden... I'm going from learning and dissecting all of these different subjects in the hypothetical situations to actually being in the situations firsthand. And while some math equations and the basics of the English language are helpful in my everyday job, it's been really hard to translate my lifestyle from a a cycle of constant learning on a hypothetical to performing well on a day-to-day basis with real outcomes at stake. Um, and I've, I've found that a lot of the courses that I took in college or maybe even a couple that I took in high school have been really helpful with my direct job. 
specifically in business admin, in marketing, working there and, and understanding the foundational pieces and even some of the the specifics of those jobs through specific courses I took then, but a lot of the basics I've been really, really struggling with. So growing up, I was always really good at school. Um, I was one of those kids who actually really enjoyed school and, and really liked school. Um, and in elementary school, I was a part of the AG program, which I believe stood for Academically Gifted. Um, in this course, we would spend time with a different teacher than we had, doing advanced math problems and learning how to write hieroglyphics. Those are the two main things that I remember from that course, in all honesty. Um, I was lucky enough to not really have to study outside of school to make honor roll and finished 90% of my homework on the bus ride home. So that really gave me an opportunity to differentiate home and school from one another. At the time, it was great for me because it gave me the space to learn and, and kind of lean into a lot of different creative efforts. So things like learning to play the piano, videography, acting classes, voice lessons, art, and pretty much every kind of dance you can think of, um, and probably a lot other a lot of other activities that I can't even recall right now. So lucky for me, I've always been pretty good at anything I've tried in life. And so I lived for these creative moments. I found them challenging and they gave me the space to learn in ways that I hadn't experienced before. This is really where I began to develop a knack for perfectionism. And in combination with my competitive nature, it was easy for me to obsess over being the best at something, anything, and honestly, everything. In the years to come, I developed a nature where it was almost natural for me to kind of reject something if I wasn't immediately good at it. So if I wasn't instantly, it wasn't innate to me and in my nature, that I was good at something, it gave me this overwhelming sense of anxiety. I would then go on to feel inadequate or incapable, and in a lot of cases, almost like embarrassed due to the perfectionistic nature that was growing exponentially at this point. So it hindered me from enjoying certain things in life that were meant to be free expression rather than just doing them kind of as like an emotional release or for enjoyment. For years, this was easy to do because these activities were exclusively extracurricular. So if I wasn't naturally good at it, I would just stop. I would kind of just, you know, not feel as passionate about it. My parents would see that and, and I would kind of stop the activity. And the next season that came, I wouldn't participate in that sport or I wouldn't go in and, and do an extra dance course or whatever it may be. So in turn... This gave me a pretty crappy work ethic, which, spoiler alert, I would need much later in life. It wasn't until my second semester of freshman year in college when I really saw how bad my work ethic was for something I wasn't naturally good at. The course was financial accounting, and frankly, it was the hardest course I have taken in my entire life. The first exam we had, I studied in my dorm room for probably 30 to 45 minutes the night before, you know, thinking that was good. Um, just looking at basic formulas and doing the practice exam. 
I didn't perform well on the practice exam, but I knew I would be better in the actual exam. Well, surprise, I did, I did not do better um, on the actual exam. It was the first time I actually failed an exam ever in my entire life, and I didn't know what to do. I was used to underperforming in certain cases, but under my own standards, which had never sunken below a B. I felt the same feelings of inadequacy and capability and embarrassment that I felt when I was younger. And while my first instinct was to drop the class, I realized that this course was a requirement for my degree. And thus, it was not something that I could run away from. So I stayed in the class and I pushed myself for the rest of the semester to perform as well as I did in all of my other classes. I went to office hours, spent hours in the library with my classmates. I did every reading and, and practice exam and started to see a slow creep up on my exam grades. I was putting in the hours and learned for the first time of my life how to actually study. I ended up with a whopping C plus that semester. And although it was lower than anything I had gotten before, I actually worked my tail off for that C and I'm proud of it. I am so lucky that I did that and that I spent that time learning how to study and how to really engage myself with something that I found super challenging that I was required to do because it aided me through the rest of my college experience. And I still use this kind of work ethic in my job today with problem solving, doing research in certain areas, teaching myself things like analytical components and actually retaining the information and, and knowing how to teach myself and kind of retain that information. It's nice that on top of the learning requirements and the needs of a new job, that I don't have to establish a platform on how to navigate certain obstacles and can utilize an already acquired work ethic. You may be thinking, Maya, what does any of this have to do with our 20s? Well, when entering the workforce, there's a lot of things you don't know about. From the basics of conducting and performing well in an everyday job, to how much money should I contribute to my 401k. You're going to need that work ethic. And more importantly than that, you are going to need to know how to learn and retain information best for you personally. Knowing this ahead of time can not only help ease the process of transitioning from, from high school, college to, to the real world and, and, and having a new job, but it'll also give you the tools you need to know when a job just might not be right for you. It's rare that you come straight out of college and are just immediately the best at something. You have to work for it. So if your work ethic is there and you aren't producing or performing in the way that you know you should be, then you can take steps towards repairing that or understanding that this might not be the place for you. But you won't know what to repair if you don't give yourself the right tools in knowing how to learn and work best from the start. So today really is for the perfectionistic girlies, and I use girlies as a gender neutral term. So anyone who struggles with perfectionism, um, specifically moving from an educational standpoint to the workforce. Um, 
it also serves as a place for people who may struggle with what is called uh, eldest child syndrome or eldest daughter syndrome, um, where if you are the oldest sibling in your family, you may deal with certain experiences and emotions that may not ultimately be healthy for your personality moving into the workforce. These may be things like always wanting to be the leader. So like when your sibling was born, like you're almost thrusted into a leadership position. You're looking out for this younger human being, even when you're a younger human being. In addition, they really have the highest standards to to kind of amount to. And with that comes this constant urge to be perfect and to be the highest achievers, um, which can be fine, but it's really important for you to, to know your limits. Um, they may feel a lot of pressure or anxiety, having self-esteem issues, um, and have a really, really competitive or obsessive attitude. So while all of these things are developmental in nature and personally have helped me become the person that I am. I think I can see it directly relate to a lot of the personality traits that I have today. When you're moving into the workforce or as you're just trying to navigate your 20s, it's really important to kind of separate yourself from these notions. Like it's okay to not be perfect every once in a while. It's okay to to not be excessively competitive in everything that you do. Like you're not always going to be the best and that is okay. And then it's also okay to feel the pressure, but then also know your limits and understand when it's time for you to kind of stop and to to say like, okay, this is becoming a little bit too much. This feels a little controlling. I need to, to take a step back. And so... It's, it's really important for people who struggle with perfectionism to understand what their perfectionistic tendencies look like and to be able to grow from them and identify them as they're getting older because they can be a hindrance. One thing that is so important for people who struggle with perfectionistic tendencies or eldest child as eldest daughter syndrome is this need for when you're trying to work on something or when you know that you're not immediately going to be good at something you just don't put the effort in at all it's almost like if it's not going to be perfect then why am I going to put my energy and time into this effort and that's something that can really hinder you from performing well as an adult because there are times when you need to you need to make mistakes you need to fail over and over again before you get to your finishing goal and if you don't even allow yourself the chance to start it's going to take a long long time for you to reach that end goal so while i say today is for for everyone and and i believe that if you're in your 20s and you struggle with anything that i've talked about today I I really hope this can help you. This is really almost like an ode to the people out there that really struggle with perfectionism or have always been good at something their entire life to the point where they have not developed this work ethic component in their personality.
Now, to go back to the learning piece, I think it is so essential for people in their 20s to continue learning and developing post-graduation. It's never too late to pick up a new hobby, to learn more about a new subject, or even just to start reading for pleasure. For example, the average age of an author in the U.S. is 36, and the average age of a marathon runner is 40. This is 23, is 25, too old to do, blah, 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 is just so toxic. Everyone should be able to live their lives and enjoy while they're living. You're not too old to learn how to play the sport that you've always wanted to do when you were younger or to start to play an instrument. When I was 10, my grandfather encouraged me to pick up volleyball or basketball as someone who was already taller than him and my mom at the time. I was completely against the idea, mainly because I thought I was too old to be learning the sport. Then again, at 12, I thought I was too old to learn how to play the piano, even though I literally hadn't even entered my teenage years yet. This obsession of the young or child prodigy causes imbalance in reality and is frankly outdated. Just because you're not belting crazy notes and producing music at 16 doesn't mean you aren't fully capable or as good, if not better, than someone who is younger than you. Comparison truly is the thief of joy. Do things that satisfy you and would heal your inner child at this age. While this isn't direct to learning, I know there is a girl on TikTok who I watched, I think it was a couple weeks ago, who bought herself an American Girl doll because she couldn't have one or afford one when she was younger, but she had always wanted one. Things like that that are so specific to your being that you've always wanted to do, but were always hesitant or at a hindrance to do are perfect for your 20s. When you think about it, the average person lives to be about roughly 80 years old. Those of us who are in our 20s have not even lived, what is that, like a third of our lives? Meaning... We have more than hopefully 60% of our lives left to learn, live, create, do all of the things that we would like to do. So why not jump on the opportunity to pursue something you have been interested in for a long time or complete that extra training that your job offers? Learning is so pivotal to our lives. It's essential. Our experiences and understanding kind of rely on it, especially within the world we live in. And I've come to know that reading is one of the best ways you can do that on a regular basis. Not just educational reading, but in general, reading itself helps stimulate part of your brain that may not have been or had as much engagement as they had used to when you were in school. And subconsciously, it helps your vocabulary. So in my eyes, it seems like a win-win situation. Engaging in even small bouts of learning opportunities can really help set you up for a healthy lifestyle and a healthy future. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of 22. I hope you found something insightful or even relatable to today's episode on maybe feeling a little less articulate or slower than usual than you used to be in your peak educational years. Maybe you related to the perfectionistic component to today's episode. If you didn't relate to anything in today's episode, but made it this far, 
please feel free to share your secrets with me because I would love to regain my extensive vernacular and ability to subtract nine from anything without second guessing myself. If you did enjoy, please feel free to leave a rating and or a review. And I invite you to come back in two weeks to join me on episode four of 22.